Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, the podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, the Wheel of Time video game is available again for the first time in many years. Developed by Legend Entertainment and published by GT Interactive, the official tie-in Wheel of Time game was released on November 11th, 1999, and was a total failure, selling less than 30,000 copies in its first three (laughs) months on sale. I mean, it kind of makes sense, because back in 1999, I doubt it was even close to as popular as it is now what like how many books would that have been like it would have been on like book seven or eight. Oh, it wasn't even done at the time no it wasn't even done i think it was like a first person shooter kind of thing where you <laughs> had like the this the terangrial like things that would kind of contain the one power yeah, the magic like, polder things yeah and you'd shoot it at like trollocs and <laughs> <It's> like, pew, pew. <laughs> but i mean i'm looking at some screenshots and it, it looks pretty cool I, like it's nothing that i would pay like 60 dollars for but i might right. I might look it up on YouTube. <laughs> Dude, I remember when I was playing games when they would when I was like 10 years old, this game Jedi Power Battles, I remember very specifically on my PlayStation. And I was remember talking to my brother and being like, they look like real people. Like these graphics are incredible. I looked it up a couple of weeks ago because I was like, I wonder what that game looks like. Terrible. It is yeah. like how it is like beyond comprehension that I could like even fathom that it looks like real people. I mean, back in 1999, I bet it looked pretty good. Oh, so pretty impressed. solid. What a fun game. Adaptations in general are just difficult, but translating something over to a video game, like the new Harry Potter game, like looks pretty so-so to me. You know, it looks kind of like boring. And I mean, I'm sure that it'll really look like Hogwarts, but and I'm right, sure that and like, this looks a lot like some of the things maybe in what we pictured in the Wheel of Time. Yeah, but, and like uh, running around in Hogwarts is going to be awesome. But for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, I don't want to go to class. Like, I don't want actual homework, though. And right. you know, like a lot of book stuff happens inside people's brains or like conversation. And there's just a lot of things that do not transfer well to a video game. I mean, you know, uh, I'm not going to buy it, but I do. <laughs> wa- I watch long plays on YouTube every now and then. And mm-hmm. I, might go, I might check out like what this was all about, because, you know, it could be a really exciting Wheel of Time game or maybe it's just a fantasy like stock video game you know that just has a bunch of wheel of time terms attached are we talking to about it? the harry potter one or wheel of time right now wheel, oh, of, wheel, time? wheel of time oh okay yeah. <laughs> the harry potter one will probably look a lot like oh whatever, yeah it's gonna look great that. yeah it'll it'll look amazing it'll sound but, great too yeah i'm sure but i don't know it kind of looks like grand theft auto harry potter yeah so, yeah. I don't know, yeah which you know i mean if the broom's like half as fun as riding around that motorcycle it might be a great game yeah I just don't really, I, you know, it's me. Yeah, it, here's my thing. <laughs> here's my thing. Okay. All right. What's your thing? Evan? My thing is I love six of the Harry Potter books a lot, you know, and nothing that has come out since those has been really any good at all. You got like the, the weird cursed child thing. And then those kind of bad movies and yeah, like the mythical creature just, ones or whatever. So it's just nothing has hit. You know, for me at all, since I was 15 reading, you know, so it's just, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm a canon man. Canon books, canon movies, and we're out. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like the movies very much. (laughs) I do. I I think they're pretty, I mean, they're not as good as the books by any means. And the books certainly have their, their down sections as well. But you know what you should go see, though, is the new Batman. Oh, yeah. Still, did you, did you see it? I did. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. I heard it was like really long. 
it is really long. It like keeps going. You're just like, well, but I at no point are you like, and it's very good. Was it as good as Joker? Um, that's the one where Walking um, uh, plays it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's different because that's more of like a almost like a look into mental health, not like a villain. Yeah, totally. You know, but this so this wasn't so much along that streak. It was more of your traditional like superhero but it was like grimy and dark and just like i want a batman movie to be. i really enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good i don't really know anything about it is it like an origin story uh no no it's not an origin story and it's oh, um thank god it's Riddler. i'm so sick of origins yeah stories. dude thank god for real uh what have you been doing this week uh i finished the eyes of the dragon by stephen king oh that's great yeah i really really liked it a lot it's just it was very good and it's really interesting it took me a minute to kind of come around to it but after going through a bunch of pages i decided i really like it the way that the third fourth whatever the wall is broken between you and the author well he'll just stop and talk to you sometimes be like if i was a better storyteller i would describe things in a way that would be beyond the point and he would like go off on these little tangents where it's just like super meta it's just like a fun little like like a kingdom romp. It has piqued my curiosity to see, because you told me that he doesn't do that style of writing in a lot of his other books. And so I'm like, okay, what is he doing then? And he just, he's proven his skill to me in this book. And I'm very interested to see what he does in his other books. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit another one as soon as I get done with this one. I mean, I'm thinking I'm just going to kind of always have like a backdrop Stephen King book this year. Yeah, that's a good idea. My goal is to read four on top of the dark tower. Totally. Which is not very high, of lofty of a goal. <laughs> I mean, you're in a good spot. Like, there's so many things that you could read that you haven't, you know, because I'm trying to read one every month, right? And I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of like digging at the bottom of the barrel right now. Like, <laughs> I just finished. Uh... Scraping at the barrels, <laughs> the I dregs. Mean, that's kind of a, a, a mean way to put it. But I mean, I just finished Bag of Bones and like, didn't really like it that much. And Yeah, you just... were saying that. Nah, it never got better. Mm. It was interesting. And I didn't struggle through like every sentence or anything. I didn't have to push myself that hard to finish it. But I don't know. It was just, it's very like meandering. Like, I feel like it could have been a short story, which I know is like a chief kind of criticism of a lot of Stephen King books. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, really cool idea. Yeah. Could have done with like five pages on it, though. He was a, he's a born writer and he wants to describe lots of stuff. He wants, hey, to, yeah. he wants to say how someone's feeling for a long time. I think that's perfectly okay. And if we get a couple masterpieces out of it, then so be it. Now, my real question is, do I want to read them chronologically? Or should I just start shooting at them? I mean, if As I were you, you... recommend them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I were you, I would just read his bangers. Okay. Like, like read Misery... Uh, Pet Cemetery. Uh, don't incredible. tell me anymore, because I'm gonna get when I'm done with this one. You're gonna tell me the next one that I'm gonna read, and I don't want to know. Oh, in okay, cool. Yeah, you should read Pet Cemetery next. Okay, perfect. Ooh. Oh yeah, because I need one now. Yes. Okay, perfect. Pet Cemetery. Man, I read that next. book in like two days. Really? Just, wow. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I think I called. I called out from work. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, and I, I rarely ever do that. Um, that's a, that's a I, book right well, there. I mean, I call out from work all the time, but I rarely ever do it so I can read a book or a book, uh, right? Yeah, um, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't put it down. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. pull it up on my Amazon. So when we're done with this, I'm gonna... man, I wish we lived like in the same town. We could just borrow books from each other. I know. I'd be so nervous borrowing your books though, because uh, you're yeah. so. You keep, you well, my copy of Pet Cemetery of is kind of messed up. Actually, I did see a, a first edition of Pet Cemetery in like 
the plastic. It was like in perfect condition. Wow. It was like $90 at this <laughs> store. I know, and I almost bought it, but I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need a $90 copy of Pet Cemetery? And you know what? That's not even the, the fun for me in like putting together a Stephen King collection is like, I'm going into thrift stores and I don't know what I'm going to find. And maybe I'll find like a $10 copy of Pet Cemetery, like first edition or something. It's not fun to just like get it, you know, yeah. it's almost like buying it off of eBay. You know? Yeah, it's like buying like a, uh, like a sparkly Pokemon. Like, no, you want to get it in the booster pack, right? That's you know? like the perfect analogy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you read anything else? I did. I, okay. So you sent me a video about halfway through the week so evan sent me this video that was a gigapixel shot resolution shot of our nearest celestial neighbor i was trying to say it really fancy you know <laughs> our nearest celestial neighbor andromeda galaxy and it starts i'm sure you're on top of a mountain in fact i'm pretty sure that it's on i forget the name of the mountain but it's the big island in hawaii i've been on top of that mountain and it is glorious view of the stars uh, and there's a bunch of telescopes up there and then you see the andromeda galaxy in the sky which is just one little dot and then the picture zooms into that dot and it gets all big and beautiful and majestic like galaxies are and then it takes a little teeny chunk of that in a square and then zooms you into that and as you zoom into this single spot in the night sky you just see the millions of spots that it becomes and then as soon as you're like way way into it it just starts panning around and getting you closer and closer to the center of the galaxy where the star density almost becomes it seems like there's just one big flat star even though they're actually you know thousands hundreds of thousands of light years away from each other it just blew my mind that so much is and that was just one spot in the night sky and so that let it auto played into a video about like a warp drive the autoplay yeah it got me good and then i was like well i'm no i'm no watcher of these banal videos i'm no plebeian and so i started reading white papers um by a bunch of scientists on just like the plausibility of a warp drive and different ways that we could achieve faster than speed of light travel and the actual things that we would be required and really it's like an energy problem but they're pretty close to fixing it like a lot closer than i thought what are um white white pages what are, what are they called a, a white a white paper it's a like a paper? Yeah, it's like a no-nonsense explanation of something. So if like a software company comes out with a new feature, they'll make like a white paper. And it's basically like a this feature uses an algorithm to predict inventory management levels throughout the course. It's a very oh. boring how-to explain explainer video um, paper. So it's like reading like a scientific study? Yeah, exactly. Of, oh, okay. So the language in it is really dense and it gets really heady yeah sometimes i'm like <laughs> i should really be watching the videos <laughs> you're challenging yourself i did challenge myself and now i'm using awesome words like celestial body so have you ever read any like um like kind of older like hard sci-fi um none nothing that you would call a classic like i've read uh, a couple starcraft books that were actually really good yeah. really good there was this one where this gal gets trapped on a zergling planet it's like a horror her she just crash lands on it and she's just trying to get off it the whole time very good and then i've read some star wars books and then a star trek book 
And then those comedic ones that I mentioned to you a month or two ago, um, sp- uh, special ops, space ops. Yeah. And then Red Rising. <laughs> I mean, I guess that all falls under the uh, the big giant sci-fi umbrella. Yeah. Have you ever had any interest in reading? Like, Because if you're reading white papers, uh, I feel like stuff like Arthur C. Clarke and Heinlein and Asimov and stuff would be kind of like a step up. I really uh, want to read some Asimov. I've only read Foundation. I've heard it's really dry. It's super dry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really. So it's, I mean, I don't know. The nice thing like, about a white paper is like, it's like a paper. It's supposed to be <laughs> two, dry. Two yeah. pages. Like you're reading it for the ideas, you know, mm-hmm. like no one's having like these really riveting conversations in them. And there's not like a whole lot of like character development. Like I like, I like kind of more recent science fiction a lot more. Yeah, personally. me too. I'm sure people would gatekeep about it and say, you know, like nothing's ever going to be as good as dune or something but like i don't know i don't really want to have that conversation <laughs> like it's, like i mean i've read both and i know what i like more yeah but i mean asimov wrote foundation in 1951 like that is incredible i mean i don't know the books the content that was in it but i just finished watching this series which was awesome by the way and if if there's half of what's explained in the show in his books then he was way beyond his time to a kind of a weird, scary level. Uh, tell me about your week. Um, I read a book called uh, The Ballad of Black Tom, which was kind of like a, a retelling of a of an H.P. Lovecraft story. It's like set in like 1920s Harlem through the eyes of like this young, like 20 year old guy. It's just kind of like a cool period piece, like kind of a look into like a black person's life in 1920s Harlem, like what that's all about. But also it's like you could have had that whole novella um, and it would have still been really interesting, all the events that happened. But you just kind of like toss Cthulhu in there, <laughs> you know? There was like all these like very like Lovecraftian elements to it. But just like with Lovecraft, it was very like a little bit off the nose. It kind of adds to the weirdness, right. you know, when like you're not really sure what's going on. And like no one else was really like that sure what's going on. Uh, but the writing was really excellent. It's by an author named Victor Lavalle. And I'm, I think I pronounced that right. And if I pronounce that wrong, then you have a different robot on the internet telling you how to pronounce it. It rolled right off your tongue, though. Thank you sounded you. good saying it. I really liked it. I want to read everything else that he's written. Um, it's just like really good, snappy writing. And um, just like, I mean, I've hung out in New York a little bit, but obviously not in the 20s. But I felt pretty like immersed and transported in a very short period of time. So I definitely recommend that. And I also read, um, oh, I read Tender is the Flesh. I don't know if you've heard oh, of that book. I have heard uh, about that book. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you ever going to meet, eat meat again? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it, made me, it made me really think about it. Because I, I was a vegetarian for a few years. Uh, really? A little while I didn't know back. that. Yeah. Then I kind of like started eating meat again. I mean, the whole book is, like, I, I wasn't in the writer's head or anything. But it's, like, pretty apparent that it's kind of, like, saying like look at what we're doing like it's not very many steps away from this right i just googled it she's a uh she's a vegan right so it's like the book is essentially like every animal that is edible on the planet gets infected with a virus and we can't eat them anymore and so we start breeding humans to eat (laughs) i didn't know that's the reason why they started eating humans yeah it's and i'm not spoiling it's like the first couple pages but it's just like I don't know. And um, one of the chief kind of like criticisms that I heard about it was that um, they like just don't just eat vegetables. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think like with novellas and stuff, it's like, 
I don't I, I don't need to know like every single detail. It's like that's this is what the situation is. There's probably some kind of reason why, you know. Yeah. Um I don't need to like have everything spoon-fed to me. And you know what? I'm kind of glad it wasn't because everything in that book was really gross. You know? <laughs> like I'm kind of glad it was only 200 pages long. Like I don't want to read a 500-page book about like people breeding and farming and stuff. But it was really really good in the sense that it didn't take me long to read, but I've been thinking about it a lot since I finished it. Like the whole world in that book feels like it's kind of moved on in a way where it's like the world ended after that virus, but society's still kind of rolling along and kind of pretending everything's the same as it was before. We just, we eat special meat now, you know? And like, uh, it feels like all the humanity's kind of been sucked out of society and everybody's like just kind of playing along. And that that was uh, like Augustina Basterica did like a really excellent job at making me kind of feel that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, could we could we have a society if we were reduced to that level? You know, I mean, like we don't we we as a society right now, arguably don't have to eat meat. I mean, that's and I I stress the word arguably because I think you could make a lot of arguments as to like why some people like kind of like maybe underprivileged people would like be in like food deserts and it's kind of like processed food and processed food. Right. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, but for a lot of people could not eat meat and we mm -hmm. could probably like chill out on like the, the, the farming a little bit, you know, like all these, yeah. all these like mega farms with pigs that are like an inch away from each other and stuff. And it's like, just yuck. So, I mean, I haven't kind of like really landed on any kind of, you know, permanent, this is the way I'm going to live my life now. But I think that's, with a lot of different changes that you make to your life, you know, you get a lot of different inputs and you kind of try to like make the, make the best decision you can. And this book really was a, like another input for me and made me think about, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Like, oh, it's really gross. I mean, like, I haven't read that book, but like I've watched a bunch of um, documentaries and stuff on how some of those farms are ran and the conditions that the animals are raised in. And, you know, it's really, really good to keep an open mind about those sort of things, because like with anything, it's always more complicated than you initially think. Right. Like I see one of those documentaries and I'm like, Whoa, that is gross. And so I've definitely become far more conscious about like, am I going to stop eating meat? Like probably not. I do love me a good steak, but I want to be more conscious about like the animal's life prior to it reaching my plate and making sure that it wasn't, you know, just some little prisoner. And then you'll get people who are like, no, it's like totally, inhumane we should all be vegetarians and it's like okay well there's a flip side to that coin as well you know i don't know where the right answer is but you know in order to feed a ton of people you need to clear cut quite a bit of land to grow vegetables and that kills every animal that was using yeah. that land and so it's like you can argue that it kills more animals to have everyone eat meat and there's just you know like anything there's a there's a lot of complexity to uh two things so i think it's really really important that we keep an open mind about it and just kind of stay flexible. Yeah. And keep reading things that challenge your current yeah. worldview. I mean, I would encourage anybody that's very for everybody eating meat to like give this book a read because you don't know, maybe in like a hundred years, you know, um, our society will look back on what we're doing right now with animals and just think it, it'll, they'll think along the same lines as us about, tender as the flesh and be like that's disgusting i can't believe they were doing that this is this is so ridiculous you know because <laughs> and even in you know i think that maybe the author left out the whole 
because it's obvious like why wouldn't everybody just be vegan and move on like why would we switch to breeding humans it's like it's so ridiculous and it's like you can kind of ask the same question like you know what i mean that's like right it's like well yeah like why don't we you know uh so i think that was like really clever personally like and you know she wrote the book like how many like months or years did it take to write i'm sure the question came up between beta readers and editors and you know what i mean it's not like this thing where it's just like oh yeah of course they could have all just been vegans you know like, <laughs> yeah. she's making a point um but yeah that was really good and i'm also reading um the attack on titan manga oh yeah um, how's that going i like sleeping it. well sleeping well at night <laughs> <laughs> the manga is way easier to get through but if there's I, anything that makes you want to stop eating meat ugh. <laughs> Like the manga is really easy to get through because it's just it's just faster, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but there's only eight issues, which I think cover the whole first season of the show. But there's only eight issues that are on Kindle Unlimited, and then I got to start paying for them. And there's 34 issues in total. Oh wow! So I'd have to pay eight dollars for 26, eight dollars each for 26 more volumes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which cost me like 200 bucks. So yeah, that's a lot. I'm, yeah. And so I think what I'm going to do, though, is like I'm going to watch season two and three, like on Hulu, and then I'll switch back to the manga to finish it. So then I'll only pay like, like 60 bucks or something, which is fine because I want to finish good idea. it. Yeah, because I don't I mean, I like Attack on Titan and uh, I want to support whoever. But uh, man, that's a lot of money like, just to read some. Yeah. Manga. It's funny because now, now that I've like seen how much manga costs and stuff, and just on Kindle, like I mean, the books cost like anywhere from ten to twenty dollars an issue, right? And some of these are like thirty, forty, fifty issues long. And then I see people on TikTok and YouTube that have like whole shelves, you know, <laughs> of manga. <laughs> and each of these things only takes like an hour to read, like <laughs> so. It's just like it's a huge money pit. Wow. And, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't spend their money on that. Like, spend your money. Not each their own. Like, yeah, but I don't. I don't want to. Like, no. Um, and they, I don't think. Oh no, I'm also reading um, uh, "Best Served Cold" by Joe Abercrombie. Oh, and, how's uh, that? Such a breath of fresh air. Oh my god. Yeah. I just I haven't read dark any. fresh air. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh my god. I just read a scene. I'm not going to describe it. Um, oh, but I just true. read a scene, and it it's like a it's like four chapters into the book, and it's just like. Man, this is awful. Like, this is so dark. Uh, um, but I just I forgot how just just effortless his writing is, and how funny and clipped, and like just the way that people talk to each other. Like he has like some of the best dialogue and fantasy, in my opinion, and internal dialogue. Yeah, and I love how he he changes up like the tone of each chapter depending on mm -hmm. who the POV is. Um, so, and I just, I haven't read any Abercrombie in a while and it's a pretty big book and I was trying to read some more books this month, but now I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm reading this <laughs> one, but I like it a lot. Um, it's the only book of his that I haven't read. That's not the, uh, the new trilogy, which I haven't read either. Oh, okay. Yeah. That book's, um, that trilogy is really good. You're going to like it. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to get to it. I have, uh, I have a lot of different stuff to get to. Oh my God. Dude, I know. I know, especially because when people send you books, I feel like obligated to read those ones. I don't want to, but like, you know, sometimes I'll put them in front of other books that I want to read because I'm like, well, someone went out of their way to give me this. Yeah, got to read it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you yeah. know what? They're always good. Yeah, um, I have I have definitely uh, I have a whole shelf here that is all my TBR books 
and there's like 70 books on here. Ooh. And I was like looking at it and I was like, even if I read it one of these a week, I'm not going to finish this this year. And that's if I don't buy any more. That's if I don't get any yeah, more. And, and so you're yeah, going I, to. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just did. I went to a bookstore, a really cool bookstore uh, the other day. It's like this place called um, Wallace Books. It's in Milwaukee, which is like it's like kind of deep southeast Portland. And it's this I never even heard about it. Somebody at work like told me about it. And it's this um, like old, you know, like the houses in Portland are like like 100 years old and like really big and drafty and moldy and stuff. I love it. But it was an old house that was turned into a bookstore. And Ugh. when they told me about it, I thought like it's just like the living room and the dining room that just have a bunch of books in them. You know, I wasn't expecting much, but I go in and, and this place is packed. Like every single surface of the walls in every single room of one of these big like five bedroom houses you know the bathroom closets like the stairwell have books books everywhere like this place sounds like a dream it was amazing it was so cool um i want to go really yeah, badly next time you go to portland we should definitely go check it out oh we're gonna make a trip also i we should do that we should make episodes out of that where we just like once a month or something we either meet some little sleepy town between portland and bend or in portland and go to a bookshelf and then we'll like uh film and record the whole thing it'll be like a podcast on the go episode yeah let's do it chad and evan hitting the bookstore you're the one with the car uh, you don't have a car? No. Oh wow, that's I crazy. live in I live in a metropolitan area. Oh yeah, I, that would be ridiculous for me to not have a vehicle. Yeah, I don't I would know love how to get do anywhere. That, but I did get some some new books. I mean, I got um I got that book Orcs by Stan Nichols, oh, which it's been which staring orcs at. is it? It's just called Orcs. Well, there's think, two books. Well, okay, so like that are called Orcs. I know that. Okay, so this one is like it's like three novellas. Okay, it's kind the of three like, one. Yeah, and so. Uh, I've seen it all over the place because the cover is just like this big ugly orc, like just yeah, face. yeah. I've um, seen it, and I I bought it, and then I went on. I do this all the time. Like I bought it without really thinking about it, and then I went online and I was like, "Does anybody like this?" Uh, <laughs> and kind of like the, okay. the reviews were really mixed, but I don't know. I'm good for it. People said it was like really fun, but not very good, which I'm always into. I'd rather fun over good than good over fun sure <laughs> like pacific rim you know or like rain of fire it's a really good example Super fun <laughs> thank you um i had a coworker earlier today tell me about orcs and i was like yeah you know like that book with the thing that's not very good but it's just super fun and he was like fully in agreement until i mentioned the cover and he was like no it's different and then he pulled up an entirely different book it's a standalone what? book also called orcs is it by the same author no, different author. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I know. I've kind of wondered that myself. Like, are we just going to start, like, renaming stuff? I know. Eventually, are we going to run out of names for books? Dude, it's crazy. I think about this. I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but whatever. Um, it's crazy to me that we are do remaking movies. Like, are you kidding me? Like, go, go walk <laughs> into a bookstore and pick one. There are so many incredible tales out there that deserve some screen time and we're remaking stuff like what? I got two words God. for you, Chad. Brand recognition. Yeah, man. Brand recognition. Hey, how, how, branch how, long out. Until, how long until you think uh, they're going to remake uh, Harry Potter on film? Oh, boy. It should be a while. I, and I if give they it ever... less than 10 years before the end less of the 2020s. Than 10, like the original? Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever redo Lord of the Rings? They better not. 
They better not. How those, could, the, no, they can't no. make them better. Be like they cannot make the them Godfather. better. Father. Yeah. Like they're not like, going to do it. What are they going to do? Use all CGI? That will not make it better. No. That'll they make it worse. That. They tried that with the Hobbit movies. Yeah. And they made them worse. Yeah. They're pretty bad. I was yeah. like, I remember, you know, when I was younger and more foolish, <laughs> I don't know. I was really upset about those movies, like the Hobbit movies, but I don't know. I've kind of come to a place where it's like, they kind of, they kind of do the same thing. You know, it's like, it's like the Hobbit movies are like, coke zero and the lord of the rings movies are like classic coke you know yeah it's like it's like Dude, yeah, they're like cocaine I, bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like cocaine like coke in like 1920 <laughs> but that's a that's probably better yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but like it's the same feeling right i mean like the music is good you've still got ian mckellen as gandalf and st- it's 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 all there yeah you know it's just it's like a, it's like gluten free bread. Ooh, well played. You know, I like yeah. I like that one. I've uh, I've never free bread sucks. Like, yeah, I know. it's really not very <laughs> so good. Bad. Like, like, am I eating just like a potato that's pretending? Um, I've only ever watched them one time. Watch them again. They're cool. They're okay. Watch the um, I think the first one's good, and the third one is good. The second one's a mess. Like it's it's like pretty bad. Hmm. Um. But I don't know. It's just like watching. It's so it's so I've like shotgun read most of that book over the course of the last like four or five weeks, just picking it up. Because you told me a couple of pod like well, from like a month ago or so that you just keep a book by your bed. You'll just pick up and read yeah. like random little chunks in the middle. So I started doing that with The Hobbit, and it's great. Yeah, that's the one. I'm uh, I'm doing a Lord of the Rings reread this year. <gasps> Dude, it's been so many years since I have done that. And <laughs> should I we do really that on the podcast? Oh, man, should we? Well, no, we're not going to be able to because we're going to be reading The Expanse. Yeah, uh, we got our we got our year pretty full, full, full out. I mean, I don't think Lord of the Rings would take us very long, but I would want to do it right. You know, yeah. like, I don't want to like, I don't know. That just doesn't. I'd want to do you know it like what? a chapter at a time almost just to like. Do yeah. Justice. And there's so much commentary out there. Like, I don't pretend to be the the deepest diver into like the lore there's right. someone out there who has done it like 10 times better than i am yeah. capable of we would it. butcher it it would just be yeah. like two dudes talking people about would like- be like that bridge actually has four arches and it was yeah. due to glamion <laughs> like, yeah no i would get a lot wrong we'd have yeah. to be on the internet constantly yeah just, like let's stick to like, dude we can't even remember when the printing press was made bro <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like what we're doing with um, like the next series that we're going to be reading is uh, the Winter Night trilogy by Catherine yeah. Arden. I don't know if any other podcasts have covered those, so I like what we're doing with this. Where, I mean, obviously, when we get to the Dark Tower, there's a there's like whole podcasts that are devoted to the Dark Tower. Um, but I think that'll be fun because I've read them all and you haven't. Yeah, and it's so. like going to be my like not initiation into Stephen King, but it's going to be my first deep dive. And then the expanse is going to take us forever. Oh, I am it's looking gonna, forward to that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm cool with how long the expanse is going to take because that's like my. I always like have like one big series that I read every year, mm-hmm. and so I mean the Dark Towers that kind of counts, but I've already read those, and like the expanse is like, that's going to be the big one. It's nine books, you know. How long are they? I think they're all like between five and seven hundred pages. Like they're okay. They're big old books. Uh, two two podcasters each. Two yeah, casters? something like I think yeah, okay. doing two each would probably save us. Yeah, uh, I mean we could do three per book, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes because sixteen episodes is a lot of it's a lot it'd of be, content. It'd be eighteen. 
Oh yeah, wait, I can do it take us, math. It would take us eighteen <laughs> weeks, so like yeah, about four months to read the expanse. Wow. Damn. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to chew through those. We're gonna have to do a couple couple episodes a week. Something like that. There's just too many good books out there to, to read. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, like I was I was even entertaining the idea of us reading Throne of Glass together, which is like another so eight I books. Really want to read. I was looking at them earlier. The box yeah. set. Uh, Sarah J. Moss's series, and I mean, you know, I've, I'll, we're probably going to do Faithful in the Fallen this year too. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah, we got some work cut out for us. We got John, John Gwynn, right? Yeah, we got to finish yeah. Greenbone. Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying those. I feel like they might be the last of like they're not simple, but they're pretty straightforward. Do you have a fictional fun fact for us today, Chad? Do I ever? I I might have one of the best fun facts that we've ever Ooh. we've ever had Lay it on, on me. this show. I'm I'm really excited. Okay, there is a book called The Secret. What it is it? Come on, it is a like treasure. <laughs> no, no, no. Give me a second. Oh, sorry. It is a tre- <laughs> not done. I'm not. Done. It is a like, treasure. On, yeah. <laughs> like that's not that's not very good. All right, I've um, got these pills and. <laughs> okay, no, let me get to it. Okay, the secret is a treasure hunt, a real live, real life treasure hunt by Byron Price. The hunt involves a search for 12 treasure boxes, the clues to which were provided in the book by the same name that he wrote called The Secret. These boxes are buried at secret locations in cities across the United States and Canada that symbolically represent events and peoples that played significant roles in North American history. Wait, it's a real treasure hunt? It's a real treasure hunt. Anyone who uncovers one of the treasure boxes is entitled to exchange it with price for a precious gem. After he died in 2005, his estate assumed the responsibility, so it's going on still right now, of honoring the terms of the treasure hunt. And as of right now, only three of the 12 boxes have been found. So there's still nine of them left. There's still nine of them left. But are they, I don't know. How old is this book again? He wrote it in 1983. Oh, so it's 40. Wait, I don't know. 82, 82. The so Japanese like, version was made in 19. Why would they make it in Japan? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, here's a bunch of treasure that's not in your country. Yay. <laughs> So like, so we could buy this book right now. Oh yeah, and and go look for treasure. It's pretty spendy. It's uh, because it's you know obviously got the added value of being a treasure map, and so uh, it's like twenty thirty bucks for like a used copy. I didn't look up the used copies. I just looked at the the who's giving away right a treasure map. Why would you sell a treasure map? Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, haven't. I wasn't in any like deep dark like pubs and swamps. There's probably a guy. Hey, you want to buy the secret? Well, like, if it's hidden in different um, important locations, right? I mean, like, some of those have been reworked and moved around. Like, I'm sure, like, a construction some like, that's I'm sure kind a of construction worry. worker somewhere like found it and didn't know about the book and was just like, yeah, and he was garbage. like, hey, look, there's a key. He just like throws it in a river. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, and like, how big I, are these gemstones? Is like my question. Also, I didn't look that up, but I should have. Right. Are they worth the amount of time? Right, but like, uh, it kind of reminds me of um, uh, Ready Player One, a little bit. Oh yeah, well, like, which is a great book. Well, I mean, what's the, is there like a community around it or something? 
yeah there is i didn't do too much reading beyond that because i just loved the mystery of it and i was like i should just stop here but (laughs) it's like you know some things with the more you learn the more you're like "Ah, okay uh but there was there is a community there's a whole wiki uh dedicated to it uh called the secret wiki and there's a yeah a whole community and they've actually narrowed it down to um (laughs) a bunch of little places and it's actually really funny because on the website they're reading they're like we think that it's in the one of them. They're like, we think it's in the Golden Gate Bridge Park between like this plot of land and this plot of land. Then in big bold letters, it's like, please do not dig <laughs> just random <laughs> spots and also respect public or private property because apparently price just like maybe was a little gray, hazy in the areas of like whose land belonged to who and just kind of put them wherever. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah that reminds me even more of ready player one just like this kind of like eccentric guy who's just like you gotta go find all my treasure yeah (laughs) i don't know i'm kind of intrigued but also lazy yeah but man finding a treasure like is there a person alive that isn't into finding treasure like that's just like ah guys (laughs) stop talking about the finding treasure like you're at a party and you're talking about a treasure map and he's like holy shit with the treasure map yeah enough with the treasure (laughs) dude that person would get booed right out of the party like who's anti-treasure i kind of want to read it just um is it like a story or is it like literally just instructions i guess you haven't read it either i have no idea (laughs) let's find out maybe that's one i would look for at used bookstores now that yeah. I yeah yeah because it'd be like, like kind, kind of, of like thing. half the mystique is finding right. the book right and it's then like, your adventure really begins it's like the never-ending story or national treasure the <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence <laughs> a hit you got a hit on your hands nicholas <laughs> you got to do this part dude that movie was actually really good it is maybe it was so I, good they I made really a second like one then the second one's not so great. I didn't watch it. Yeah, really? I did. I, was I also haven't seen any of the Night at the Museum movies. Um, I saw it, the so first one. Knows. Dude, man, if I had a lot of money, I feel because there was some, I've looked this up because you know me, I like to sail. And my goal at some point in my life is to spend a year or two on a liveaboard sailing around. Just going from, I don't want to like cross the Atlantic. Like I'll do it if I need to. And I like want to go check out someplace on the other side. But like the goal is not to like spend 50 days by myself on the open ocean. I just want to like go from little island to island, go to cool little beaches that you can only get to by the boat. And if there's any fabled treasure boats in the areas, you better bet I'm going to be looking and there's some pretty big Spanish galleons, like treasure galleons that were carrying taxes um, that they've never found. I mean, do you think you could find them like by yourself? Like, mm, probably not. Like, even if you found it on radar, it's like you don't have like the equipment. I'm not trying to oh. dash your dreams. Dude, but, I'm like... going to have the equipment. Okay. I'm not going to be out in the middle <laughs> of the ocean and not have scuba gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be personal friends with James Cameron by this point of my life, of course. So <laughs> he's going to be like 90. He's got all the equipment. <laughs> dude the um that reminds me they found the endurance which was the boat oh yeah yeah we talked about it a long time ago on the podcast um that was the expedition to go down to the south pole that got trapped in the ice and it's just a crazy awesome survival story real life and the boat gets trapped in ice 
and gets crushed by the ice and sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Well, they found it just like a week ago. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's really well preserved because the water's so cold. Whereas like most like microorganisms in water will like eat the wood and stuff. So a lot of old boats like that are totally rotted away. And this was like pristine. Wow, interesting. Yeah, super cool. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today on the old Monday morning minute. That was a nice long rambly one, but it's a good one. Kind of into it now. Dude, we talked about treasure. Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know what we were thinking putting out 15 minute episodes. This is a blast. <laughs> Way more fun. Everybody, if you'd like to support Book Reviews Kill, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're on your way to work, if you're staying home, whatever you're doing, we really appreciate you being here. We appreciate you taking us along on your beginning of week journey, whatever that may be. There is a link also in the description to Audible, a 30-day premium account with two free credits if you want to get your audiobook on. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Bye, everybody.